Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Untamed Rant. I am one of your hosts. I am Erin, and beside me, as always, is Crowley. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, so this is our first episode with the new title that the Twitterverse voted on. It's awesome. I love the new name. <laughs> Very excited about it, and I think it's going to work well with everything that we talk about tonight and in the future. Uh, so new title, but we're still here and we're still awesome. So, uh, what we're going to talk about this evening? Well, uh oh, it's what? also what? it's also the first time we're doing it differently. Very true. Yeah. There's no separate section. No. To act as preview, and there's no patrons only section. There is now just one whole rant. I was going to let it be a surprise, but that's fine. <laughs> well, <I> mean... <laughs> Welcome everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they would have figured it out, but yes, you're yes. Yeah. So. Those of you who are listening to it on the first or somewhere in the first two weeks, patrons are getting it first. We're doing it just mm-hmm. like um, Cracks of, in, the rift. of the Rift, I want to say in every time. I know Cracks of the Rift, um, <laughs> where the patrons get it two weeks early. It's on an opposite schedule of that, so every two weeks will be something right. for everybody. Um, on the same day that you guys get Cracks... Of the rift. Good job. <laughs> um, before everyone else, everyone will get access to the rant. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I think that covers the change. The change, yeah. Yeah. So, surprise! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Good job, Carly. Good job. Round of applause. All right, so uh, this episode, uh, we're going to actually be talking about um, coming back to life in D&D. Um, we're also going to cover as well Pathfinder and that kind of thing and inclusive in this. Um, we're more specifically fine-tuning that broad spectrum. We're going to be looking at Raise Dead, Reincarnate, and Resurrection. So those Resurrection. Are the th- yes, those are the three that we will be talking about. I'm sure there's many more topics on this, <laughs> many more things we can cover, but those are the three that we're going to stick with for, for this episode. Well, except for a deviation into fourth edition, which covers some other methods of coming back to life as well. Yes. There there are a couple... Because fourth edition, guys. It happened. Yeah, a couple... Some of you don't like it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but, I know. enjoyed fourth, actually. I well, we're going to play a campaign. Can't wait. Looking for <laughs> I just... I want a high-powered... Like... We are here to ultra fuck high, shit up. Yeah, ultra high magic... <laughs> campaign. That'll be awesome. So yeah, look forward to that too. Um, But we're going to go through each edition. We're probably going to do some comparing, but we'll let you know some of the basic stuff uh, foundationally about each, and we'll go through a couple more specifics. We're going to go through some classes, time limits, certain things like that. I know there are a lot more things that we could go over, but in general, a lot of it stays the same. Um, And we're also going to talk about how we handle death in D&D and Pathfinder, not just as a DM, but also as a player. It's pretty important, and it's important for your story and for everybody involved at the table to make sure that it's one cohesive, awesome gameplay. So that'll be another thing that we go over. So without further ado, we're going to get started. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I did just mention this, but um, foundationally, they are all, for the most part, very similar, if not the the same. (laughs) Through the additions, the things pretty much hold together. Yeah. (laughs) You You have reincarnate. Mm-hmm. And then you have the resurrection suite 
You have raised dead, then resurrection, and then later on, true resurrection. Right, that comes later. Um, <laughs> which are just basically the same spell with different uh, power levels. Yeah, you do, power levels. Capabili- capabilities. <laughs> um, yeah. More specifically, um, classes uh, we're going to talk about first, because the uh, the classes for these... Mainly, especially in, like, first edition and, Pretty like, much AD&D yeah. first and that kind of thing. It was only clerics for the most part and then a little bit of magic users. It just says magic users, so, by the way, if you've never seen the, it. The resources we used are what we had on hand, which is more than some people. But we had the red and blue book, mm-hmm. uh, the old three-hole punch ones. We had both the first and second edition of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um... Then we have... 3.5. 3.5, um, which we have three, but that's deep in a storage unit somewhere and didn't have time to go get it. Unfortunately. So we don't have that as a resource, but it's fairly similar, if yeah. not exactly the same as 3.5. Then we also have Pathfinder, which is 3.5.5, basically. <laughs> yeah. It is Paizo's fourth edition, yeah. in essence. Um it is D and D at its core. Absolutely, um, obviously, <laughs> legally, <laughs> um, the open gaming license applies. Oh, um, all of that technical stuff. And then there's fourth edition <laughs> way over in the corner, um, with all the sayings that could be associated with that. You know, the stepchild. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just sad and neglected because it's different. Thanks for just saying stepchild, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say right at a stepchild because that's the phrase, but... Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, I mean you now could, you, you said it. Left it. You <laughs> yeah. left it. I she, was saying thank you. Redhead. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's 5th edition, which has a couple things that go back to the days of the 1st edition, the way things work. Yeah. Um, but not a lot. Um... Classes didn't exist in the early days either. Yeah, not really. Like Druid, <laughs> not really. Druid came around sometime as a sub thing of cleric. Yes, yeah, it was um, considered. It was cleric. magic user before it was wizard, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so magic users got reincarnate, but that got removed from wizard when Druid came along. Pretty much yep. af- after Advanced Edition Dragons, third edition. Yeah, did that. So for the most part, first edition and then AD and D first as well as AD&D 2nd, you're dealing with mostly just clerics as ones who can actually use... Slash priest. Slash priest, yeah. Depending on what book you're looking at. Yeah, which I think priest is just the second. The second second AD&D, yeah. Yep. Um, So it's clerics and, again, priests in that version. Mm -hmm. But also, the only other thing that we could see when we went through all of this was magic user. Yeah. So that... That's pretty much it, as far as class goes, for the beginning parts of d And then when you get into, like, 3.5 and Pathfinder, we yeah. did not go crazy looking into all the source book classes and prestige classes that opened up access to the spells. Yeah, at their base... Yeah, I didn't want my eyes to bleed. <laughs> at their base, the Resurrection Suite is Cleric, yep. and Reincarnation is Druid. Correct, yes. As, I, as a base. Yeah. I think we should start with Reincarnation. Yeah. We can, absolutely. it's the first one you get access to mechanically. Yes. I also, I enjoy this one throughout the editions because of the fact that... Random. <laughs> it has the table involved in it. Yes. Which needs to be mentioned because it's 
so important. <laughs> Let's save that for last. All right. Yeah. Where do you want to start then, sir? Um, I mean, it stays the same pretty much throughout the whole thing. For the most part, yeah. Um, you don't need any body part, right? Because there's a new body. Uh, yeah, it creates, in every edition that I I went through and you went through, I'm pretty sure, it just creates a new body. And that can be anything from, in some of the earlier editions, you have a piece or a portion of somebody's body, like, hey, I've got this finger, and I can create a new or body for that person. dust from the disintegrate right, spell. Right, exactly, yeah. So you can... There's there's a large spectrum as far as what you need to create this new body, and some of them are just, you just create a new body, yeah. which um, is pretty powerful shit. <laughs> once the edition started including material specific material components, yep. it is pretty standard. A thousand gold worth of oils and or unguents. Yes. <laughs> other materials, people. Yes. Other materials. Salves, <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, some poultice. Yeah, uh, there was one, and that's in AD&D first, that was just a drum and a drop of blood. Like, that's, that's what you needed. So cool. <laughs> that's <All right>. it. <laughs> um, whose drop of blood? Anybody's? It, just... it does not specify in that specific oh, So probably edition. the caster. Probably the caster, yeah, just some like, nice, hey, you're putting it into nice the ritual. ritual <laughs> yeah. dagger through the palm while someone plays the drum. Exactly, yeah. over whatever, you know, if you wanted to. An altar yeah, where yeah, a body will appear. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what else for reincarnate? Um, I mean, again, component-wise, it's pretty Memories are pretty much intact. Yes, for the most part. Um, in each of these, the uh, memory is is something oh, that comes something, with you. Something important, even for resurrection. The soul. Yes, the soul is big. The soul has to be available. Free and willing yes. as well. It has to want to come back. Yep. And it has to not be captured by demons, devils, or gods. Yeah. Or other things. And that goes through not just for reincarnate, but pretty much every... Bring you, back from, yeah, the bring you back from the dead. Yeah, bring you back from the dead. The soul better be available yeah. and wanting to. <laughs> I hope you got that shit on speed dial. <laughs> you know what, guys? Your fave five. I'm not feeling it. I'm, not, I'm just not feeling it. Um, other things uh, to keep in mind too, and and it's kind of standard throughout each, uh, you know, race that reincarnate, resurrection, whatever it may be, but time limits. Time limits yes. are loosely the same for, for all For reincarnation, it's what, 10, 10 years? Uh, it's, well, at the beginning months. of it, it was one day per level. So at like the okay. AD&D first, like magic user could only be one day per level. So if you were okay. eighth level, eight, eight, days. eight days. But as the editions... After third edition, I think it standardizes. One week is what one it week, becomes. Yeah, week. Pathfinder and 3.5 are one week. Fifth and, edition, one week as well. And fifth edition for reincarnate was one hour. Ooh. Oh no! Oh no! I'm sorry. Excuse me. No longer than ten days. I oh, apologize. Okay. Excuse me. That's where I was getting the ten. Yeah, yeah. And the only uh, other exception to that um, would be well, that's that's for a different. That's for the resurrection. Time. Yeah. So, but for reincarnate, for the most part, it's uh, anywhere from, like I said, one day per level. Mm-hmm. One week, and then fifth edition, you're looking at no longer than ten days. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's no real penalties to. Are there any negative level penalties to reincarnate, or is that just resurrection? 
Um, there are, of think... course, potential ability score changes. Yes, you are, there, if, yes. If you don't end up as the same race, and we'll get to that when we get to tables. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a lot right there. Um, mostly, uh, as far as, like, important notes or restrictions in, in terms of reincarnate, it does mention, like... Uh, that you you do recall most of your memories. That kind of thing is pretty standard for it. Um, but let's see here. Pathfinder. Uh, well, 3.5. Uh, just another note. Like, it doesn't work on undead or those that were killed by a death yeah, effect. Yeah, that's, that's pretty standard. Old age, that's pretty standard. Just keep um, that in mind. But Pathfinder and 3.5, uh, negative levels. Yeah. Um, coming back from the dead... Regardless of how you get negative levels, which I never really liked, mm-hmm. but I don't really like having parties that are different levels, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, I Re- know I'm not the only one. But <laughs> reincarnate for fifth edition two, um, the player um, retains the capabilities from their former original yes. form. So yeah. that's something else to keep in mind too. Yeah. So usually you have the same class. Yeah, but you you change your racial traits accordingly. You might want to multi-class. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you never know. (laughs) Incarnate can be a gamble. (laughs) And it can be really fun. Um, Which... Depends how hardcore you are into being as perfect as you used to be. (laughs) Which, for, like, the beginning versions, I thought was really interesting. For, like, first edition, the red and blue books, you can come back as a monster. Yes, I love the tables that include monsters. So yeah, let's get out the tables. Okay. Um, yeah, grab the blue book. Red book yeah, I gotcha. One. And I have the first edition of AD&D here. I have the uh, blue book currently. And for those of you who don't have these, you know, we, we apologize. But they're awesome resources. Definitely want to try to get some of these games going as well, because they would be... Some just mean dungeon crawls. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an excuse to be an asshole. I mean, if that's Basically. how you want to see it. <laughs> Have you read the rules? Yes. <laughs> so this is the reincarnate table for uh, the blue book. So this is first. So. Oh, that's right. This is the one where there are two different ways things can happen. The first way, well, I guess it's technically one way. So you start with a d10. And then what happens, because it's such an early edition, you don't figure out what race you are, but you end up either as a cleric, an elf, a dwarf, a fighter, a halfling, a magic user, or a thief. If you are lucky, you have a 2 in 10 chance of maintaining what you used to be. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, And if you're really unlucky, because you can get away with playing some cool stuff, if you roll 1 through 7. But if you roll 10, you turn into a monster. Which sounds really cool until you look at the other tables. Yeah, and the other tables have to do with... Your um, alignment. Your alignment. And that happens when, if you come back as a monster, the kind of monster, it has to be rolled and it has to match your character's old alignment. So Which, back then, was law, neutral, or chaotic. Yeah. And so, as a couple examples, Law, you could be a gnome, but you could also be a unicorn. Or a blink dog. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. <laughs> yes, blink dogs are cool. Um, That's why I said yes. <laughs> neutral, you could be a pixie, which has some potential. A lizard man, maybe your campaign doesn't worry about lizard men too much, but like a werebear, 
Classically, probably lycanthrope is not going to be great for you. No. Um, it could be interesting. And then chaos. <laughs> chaos, it just lists all the things you're fighting all the time. Kobold, goblins. Yeah. That, you, your, your party's going to kill you. Screw it. We'll try Straight again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll try again after we kill you this time. And the other part of that, too, is if you come back as a monster and, and you're victorious in some odd way, the party doesn't kill you straight off, the monsters don't advance in experience right. for this. So you either have to play as a reincarnated monster or retire from play entirely, which sucks. <laughs> I feel like Or make would... a new character. Or make a new character. Yeah, yeah. But that that would probably be my fate. But we'll, we'll get back to that another time. <laughs> uh, then when you get into AD&D, you just have... Uh, well, you have two different lists. You have one for Druid, which is like a subset of Cleric. If I can find that table. Yep. And then you have one for Magic User, which was the day's equivalent of Wizard. Right. Now, the Druid one isn't so bad... Except for the fact that you could come back as something like a badger or a boar. Yeah. And that's cool, except you're just going to be dinner for your party. (laughs) Um, Oh, look, we're not starving anymore. Yeah, but gnome is on the list. You you have a 3 in 100 chance of being a gnome. Perfect. Um, But then there's also a 14% chance that you just go over to this next table, which is the magic user reincarnate table. And that one actually gives you some races. Yes. However, you might not be a gnome or an elf. You could end up as a goblin, or a kobold, or a troll. Why not? And (laughs) once again, I mean, even if your party accepts you, the local townsfolk will not. Chances are. Yeah. Um, But that's always fun. And the tables, I think... Maybe you maybe get a mask of disguise. You know, you can pretend you're not a troll once in a while. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's, it's cool. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> make, make it work for you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, D&D, uh, or excuse me, AD&D 2nd Edition has a table as well. Does it not? I thought it, it did. It does. Yeah. Um, and it's actually almost the same, if not exactly the as, same. As first? As yeah. AD&D um, first, the I major difference... So. I pick out is that instead of going to the magic user table, because I don't think magic user can cast reincarnate in this edition, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe is so. that it's DM's choice. Yeah. So there's a 14% chance your DM gets to do whatever he wants. <laughs> good, so, good. So <laughs> use reverse psychology in that edition. You know, tell him you don't want to be a human ever again. <laughs> Yay! Pray. pray a lot. Do a lot of praying. Hopefully you're smooth talking. Put a, put a lot into charisma when you talk to your team. Um, yeah. <laughs> Buy cookies or something. Preemptively. Dice, new minis, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pathfinder and 3rd Edition have very similar tables. Um, and they're similar to the original Magic User table. They're all races. Mm-hmm. So you at least come back as something that can use a language. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, they were kind, I guess, at that yeah. point. <laughs> um, and then 5th edition also has a race table. Nothing too crazy on here. In fact, the 5th edition race table 
only has player character options. Yeah. You won't get stuck as a kobold. Way to go, Fifth. <laughs> yeah. Don't look so I'd disappointed. Br- I'd bring out one of the old tables. <laughs> Screw that. Wow. Remind me never to do reincarnate at all. <laughs> it's like a 2% chance you're a kobold. Really? You know who you're talking to, right? I mean, we've had this discussion before. Not my problem. You don't know. Not my you, problem. You'd roll. <laughs> not my character, you, not my problem. You'd roll DM's choice. <laughs> Great. I spent like three weeks thinking about it. Anywho, let's, let's move on from here. <laughs> let's not derail too much, okay? <laughs> and so you guys don't think we forgot it. Fourth edition. Yeah. Um, while we probably could have gone on to our, what we have discovered, well, Aaron's still active fourth edition account. Thank Christ. <laughs> Yay for now me. Now we can use it for the campaign. Awesome. Uh, with the hero builder. And look for the reincarnate yeah. uh, ritual if it ever came up. We just looked through the books we had on hand. It's not in the first or the second player's handbook. No. Um, the only other place I might think it would be in would be in the Primal Power handbook, but right. <clears throat> um, that's somewhere in my st- stack. Um, but we, we do have a lot the, of resources yeah, though. In those first like two, <laughs> in those first two books, reincarnate. Is not an available ritual. So that's why we left it out. Yeah. Couldn't find it. No. Might not be existent at all. Mm-mm. Uh, do you want to do resurrection or raise dead? Uh, I mean, technically they're the same thing. Technically, yes. Kind of. Well, Te- raise... Yes, technically. Technically. So, <laughs> as a group, raise dead is the base spell. Correct. So the first one you get access to. Yep. And then at a higher level... Um, you get access to Resurrection, which works just like Raised Dead with some improvements. And then later on, you get True Resurrection, um, yes. which works with even more improvements. Uh, so let's talk about Raised Dead as the base spell. All right, yeah. And then we'll talk about the changes that get brought in with Resurrection and True Resurrection. Yeah, so I'm just going to start with Burst because I found it super interesting because I came into D&D on 3.5. So it was awesome to go through these old books and, like, see exactly what you could or could not do. I came into D&D on stories, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was no edition. It was scrap paper and a person's memory. (laughs) He's a boss, by the way. (laughs) He's a cruel, cruel DM. (laughs) That's another story. <laughs> um, so first, uh, first edition. So the red and blue books for uh, Raised Dead. Um, what we refer to as first edition. Um, yes. I know there's various timelines on that. The white books were earlier than that, and there's some other in between with chainmail and stuff. But when, we, when we say first edition in <laughs> yeah. this podcast episode we are talking about dungeons and dragons the red blue and there's one more book because the red book was level one through three the blue yeah. book is four through 15 i want to say yeah um the basic rules the expert rules and the one after it i can't remember the name i don't have that one yet yet Notice the yet. <laughs> um, but that's what we mean when we say first edition, just so everyone... Yeah, just to be clear. ...is on our page. Yeah, please be on our page. 
In our... more ways than one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so. <laughs> Shameless self-promoting. I mean, it's it's a thing we have to do. <laughs> so, in this instance, first edition raised dead. Uh, again, we talked about this earlier. Cleric, mostly. That was the only class that could do this. Uh, the level requirement for this one was uh, fifth. And uh, you could do it also eighth and above. It mentions that specifically for more power. I think that references what is now known as resurrect. Yeah, yeah. That eighth would be resurrect. Exactly. The upgraded because Because in that edition there was no resurrection. (laughs) It did not apply. That was not in there. That wasn't a thing you could do. It was just basically. No, it didn't exist. Um, So. Time limits for that were up to four days dead, and it was plus four days per level above eighth. That's that's okay. That's, that's your time limit okay. that you're working with. Yeah, <laughs> a little confusing, <laughs> but but that's how that one was working. Um, Spirit soul. It doesn't mention specifically until later editions that the soul must be free and willing. But yep. we've we've gone over that. I found this part interesting specifically because there's restrictions for the person who's raised. So they can't fight, they can't cast spells, they can't use abilities, they can't carry heavy loads. It's rough getting brought back. To oh life. god, yeah. Uh, which is why I think it's playing this edition would be rougher. so intense. Yeah. Uh, they can't move more than half their speed, and these effects need to heal, uh, and it takes two full weeks of a, of complete bed rest. And can't be affected by magic. <laughs> so for anyone playing those additions, pick up the body, bring it back to town, and <laughs> right. then cast the spell. <laughs> and on top of that, the person uh, who's being raised only comes back with one HP. So you've got all these restrictions. God forbid you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, Snafu. in the danger zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's not a good... One HP, I can only move past feet, I can't do anything. Desperate well... times, though, you know, desperate times. <laughs> desperate times. Sometimes you just need another body that can move on its own, Ooh. I guess. Might I suggest reincarnate? <laughs> hey. hey. You might get lucky. 20% chance. 20%. Um, and then um, AD&D first uh, for Raised Dead. Again, it's Cleric. Uh, that one, um, the body must be whole, so missing body parts will still be missing. Some of the additions, uh, it fixes everything. <laughs> well, no, the, the higher level ones do. Usually raise dead. Limb, limb removal remains removed. I will, I will double check that, sir, but I'm pretty sure out of the ones 5, that I looked at. <laughs> 3.5 and Pathfinder and 5th, raise dead. The earliest one, Raised Dead, does not give you back limbs. I think there is some that actually does, but... Resurrection does. Yeah. In true resurrection, you, like, don't even need a body. Mm-hmm. I'm going over notes. That's yeah. what that humming is. There's a lot of notes. God, um, yeah. There's a whole table, in fact. Old age, nope. Not having nothing. Yeah, of it. God, no. It doesn't matter what level it is, how powerful a cleric you are. If you died of old age, you are dead, dead, dead. Yep. And in these. Gods ain't giving you up. Yeah, and in these early editions, there were restrictions on what race you could be, so human, dwarf, halfling, or elf. I think that's more of a product of the fact that, like, elf was a class. Yeah. There weren't races. Like, you were either. If you were a paladin, you were human. Like, you didn't pick a human versus elf, you picked yeah. your class. 
And then uh, AD&D actually includes dwarf gnome half-elf, halfling or human. Yes. Um, restrictions on that one, which were interesting, which, again, this is AD&D first. Uh, the weak, uh, the raised person is just weak and helpless. Uh, one full day of rest for each day dead. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, you know, you weren't dead for ten days or something like that. But, you never know. You never know. Um, and, uh, you just come back. This does not mention that, that specific edition doesn't mention HP restrictions or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I think the roughest in terms of those restrictions are 3.5. Mm-hmm. And then even worse, Pathfinder. Um, at least long-term. Short-term, sure, if you're slowed and you can't cast spells and you can't attack and you can't do this and you can't do that. That's hard. Yeah. But in 3.5, you lose an entire level. Yeah. And in Pathfinder, you use two whole levels. Permanently. Just see ya. Get yeah. get that XP back. And that's rough. Um, and as I said, I, I think being at a, like, discrepancy within the party for levels is... That's work. That's work for the DM. Yeah. That's work for the I've never been players. A- that's that's. I I hope he's not your healer mm-hmm. or, your <laughs> or anything oh. that's not having a lot of HP or anything in your party. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I mean, he's fragile. Yeah, yeah. He's a little baby over there with his two levels missing. I mean. For for this, from our, our notes that we've gathered together, 3.5 is, uh, for raised dead, is one negative level. Uh-huh. And then Pathfinder is the one that's two. two. Yeah, two negative levels, which is just crazy. Yeah. Ugh. And then 5th edition, some temporary negatives, and uh, then you're good to go. Yeah. 4th edition is the same way. It's a negative 4, your attack rolls and uh, saving what? throws, ability checks, coming back. Cause for it's, how long? Like, uh... Till long rest. Oh, oh, long rest reduces penalty by one until it disappears. So, so four days, effectively. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, fourth edition was three milestones. Yes, yeah, um, negative one to check. And you only until have a negative one. Third milestone, yeah. But negative one is nothing. And three milestones, that's two quote unquote encounters a day. Right, so, exactly. So, I mean, for fourth edition, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's six that's six encounters. It's really easy. A lot of these two, you know, if if depending on when you came into D and D and all of that, you may or may not know. But normal disease and poison and that kind of thing is cured. Magical. Oh, the magical ones no, are not. No. If you got um, don't do if that. You got like mummy <laughs> rot or some yeah cackle fever. It has to be taken care of before you yeah. raise dead. Actually, Keckle Fever and Mummy Rod are probably not magical. No? They're just fantasy diseases from ghouls and mummies. I don't, I don't think they're technically magical. We'll don't to, quote me on it. Yeah, this, I was going to say, we'll have this to look that up. It's not an episode on <laughs> poisons or diseases. Another episode. Another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that, for the most part, covers raise dead. Um, Throughout the edition. So yeah, so changing from raised dead to resurrection to, to true resurrection um, is effectively an increase in time um, that you are allowed to right. pull from. So it goes from it goes up to years to yeah. virtually unlimited with true resurrection. Yeah, true resurrection um, is... and how much body you need. Yeah. Um, Some portion and how of the much body of the none. body, yeah, because and how much of the body comes back. Yeah, for true uh, resurrection. true resurrection. I mean, 
you just need to think about the person, and they get a whole brand new body, basically. Uh, yeah, that's three. a high level spell. That's a level eight spell, I believe, in most of the editions, which requires level. I don't know off the top of my head, general uh, over fifteen, I think. Yeah, this one has well for Pathfinder, True Resurrection. Okay, mm-hmm. True Resurrection is ten years per caster level, Quite and and in that one uh, for Pathfinder, some portion of the body or none at all doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you don't need the book. And when you come back, you're only one negative level. Or nothing at all. Like, there's no penalty. Oh, yeah. True resurrection is nothing at all. One level is mm. if it's just plain resurrection. Mm-hmm. False resurrection. False. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and... And then another big part of that, actually, one of the bigger parts of it, because it's the negative part, is the cost. Yes. Because raised dead has a cost. Mm-hmm. Resurrection has a cost. True resurrection has a cost. And it only gets higher. So... And it's all diamonds. Well, see, or a diamond. And that and depends that's the thing. on like, the edition. Yeah, and A D and D first mm-hmm. was just a symbol in holy water. God, good to go. The good days, right? But I mean, when you could live off a meager, <laughs> right. meager adventurer's salary. And that one, which we were talking about earlier, which they changed the wording of, but that was ten years cumulative per level. So it'd be like ninth level, ninety years. <laughs> What? <laughs> About 10 years per level. Level, exactly. Same damn thing. We get it. <laughs> um, but the cost eventually is, what is it, a thousand for raised dead? A thousand gold worth of diamond? Or in other editions, diamonds. It could be more than one, as written. For raised dead? Yes. Uh, raised a dead? Uh, it, 500. Well, the first one, 3.5, listed as 5,000 gold worth of diamonds. It's even more. Yeah, I know. It's so much money. They're fucking you over. Um, Resurrection in 3.5 is 10,000 gold pieces of diamonds. Um, And then True Resurrection. True Resurrection is... uh, 25? 25,000. Yeah. Yeah. Worth of diamonds. Insane amount of worth in diamonds. Like, who has that many diamonds? Uh, I think that's the problem is... with the magical economy in D and D. Like, there's there's no resurrectionists because ain't nobody got that many diamonds. People got that much gold. Yeah, right. And that's Who's and, got those diamonds. And this is where it gets interesting too, because fifth edition now for resurrection is one diamond worth a thousand gold pieces. Yeah. Versus like, hey, you can do uh, ten thousand gold pieces. Uh, worth of diamonds, or you know what I mean? Like either way, though. Yeah. I mean, the reason you don't stumble across a resurrectionist in every church—hell no. <laughs> ain't nobody buying this spell a lot. That shit's hard to come by. <laughs> uh, fourth edition, once again, changes everything up. There's no standard spells like we used to have and have again. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we have rituals. Which is a really good idea, and they semi-maintained in 5th edition through ritual castings of spells. Uh, But the rituals were the long spells that took more than a round to complete. Like Resurrection, or Alarm, stuff like that. But Resurrection doesn't exist, it's just raised dead. And it takes 8 hours. Yep. An 8 hour ritual. No biggie. Not ten minutes, not an hour, eight hours. You gotta dedicate a whole day to this shit. I yep. hope someone has gentle repose. Oh, and on top of that, for that one for fourth, thirty days is the max that the person could be yes. dead. 
Uh, hard limit. Hard limit on that one. Doesn't yeah. matter what level you're casting it at. Nope. Um, and that's the one that's the negative one to checks. Yeah. For the three miles. And then the cost is just, it's, I mean, it works for the system, but when you just take it for face value, it's outrageous. Yeah. Between level one and ten, if you want to get brought back, it's 500 gold. Mm-hmm. Worth of components. Yeah. And components aren't specific. I mean, no. in the <laughs> character builder in the book, it's like clerical incenses. They have like a category for each, <laughs> right. each skill type. So this is healing. So you need like the healing incense versus the arcane runes or whatever you're going with. But then yeah. there's also residuum. Mm-hmm. Which can be broken down from any magic item you want, as long as you have the disenchant ritual. Exactly. Um, the next one up from that, what was it? One through ten is five hundred, right? Yeah. yeah. And then eleven through twenty is five thousand. Yeah. Heaven forbid you get into the epic tier. Oh God. <laughs> and, and to need this ritual because it's fifty thousand gold worth of components. No, it's fine. No big deal. That's like Although, in people's back pockets. For fourth edition, maybe like all oh, my spare armor that's a plus four right? death rattle, whatever. You've made it. Just turn it to dust. Well, that's yeah, cool. earned. And just turn it to dust, and we'll just stick it in the dead guy's chest cavity, and you know we'll have him buy a new one later. Don't worry. Eight hours later, good deal. I mean, that's kind of why I want to play fourth edition. It's just high power. Oh, let's, yeah. let's do this. Let's yeah. fight gods versus. Well, we and I, I would love to do a first edition red and blue book. If I'm people, gonna die with, around with, every with, corner, yeah, with the understanding that this is a strict dungeon crawl, <laughs> you will probably die. One of you better be a map maker because I ain't drawing anything. No. <laughs> um, so I guess we can segue into the other ways to get brought back to life that we have, which is mostly fourth edition is the only one that has explicit. Yeah player's handbook methods, and that's in the Epic Destinies, because 4th edition, um, unlike the other editions, which have source books for post-level 20, where you are demi- demigods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> demigod, god, however you see yourself. Really. level. Uh, <laughs> it's included right in the basic rules. Mm-hmm. You're meant to go to level 30, and level 20 to 30, you're epic. You are... You, you could destroy the world if you wanted to. God, You among could men. be a villain for an entire another campaign. Yep. Um, Doing a it. lot of those have daily spells, utilities, that around level 24, I think, they come into play. Where you just come back to life. You just yep. don't die. Um, yeah, there's a lot Archmage, of Archmage, you come back as like... A spell illusion version. There's a time warp one. Yeah, cool. Uh, in the arcane power book, where you become your goal is to be a master of time, and your future self comes back through time oh at God, the I moment of your death, <laughs> so good. and you get to act as your future self until I forget the the requirement, but if your future self dies, your character's dead. Yeah. Oh, um, God. That's so but badass, it's, it's very though. cool. Um, <laughs> there's other ones where you get, if you're, like, a spirit for a period of time, there's other ones where you're just, like, you just don't die. Yeah, period. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, so death, like, stops happening. There's, yeah, and then there's little ones before that, which are, like, utilities, like, yeah. deny death. 
or uh, yeah. Word of Life. Like, yeah, yeah there's, you know there's what? a lot of healer <laughs> abilities that just prevent you from ever having to make those death saving throws to begin with. It's insane. Um, but yeah, so fourth edition went away of spells. It still has the ritual in there for you, but realistically, once you start getting up there. You can bring yourself back to life. No, or, maybe. you know, just, just, <laughs> I got be, this. <laughs> just be future you. <laughs> you know what, future self? <laughs> we got this. Sounds good, past self. Let's do it. Like, so insane. That's fourth edition, though. But I, that's one of the things that made fourth edition super fun to play. Yes. Absolutely. Everyone got to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All the time. Every day. <laughs> every moment of every day. Um, I think, uh, some of the things we did also want to mention, if, uh, if you're good to move forward, move forward from, yeah, yeah from I, our, from our table crazy, it. yeah. Um, death and resurrection within the D&D game, within a game itself for a DM and for mm-hmm. a player. So, um, before we get into that, yeah, let's just throw out a couple mentions to not D&D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... It's not really a thing in a lot of stuff. If you're playing a Star Wars game, there's no coming back. Nope. Um, I mean, there's how many Force Ghosts in six movies? Three? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a big number. No. Um, paranoia is a good example. Mm-hmm. The game is built around the predication that you have a certain number of clones. <laughs> you're expected to die, and those clones come back. So that's a completely different take on death. Like... Uh, but no, once those are gone, it's I was going to say, don't run out of clubs. Yeah, don't run out of clubs. <laughs> um, but that's, oh, that that's screw me over so bad. The difference of the game. Um, the end of the world, you're playing yourself. So, One and it's shot. pretty gritty. Yeah. Even when, you know, you're fighting old gods or voodoo priests or however, whatever end of the world scenario you're playing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you die, you die. That's it. Um, <laughs> no do-overs. Yeah. Um, what other games savage worlds i believe has a um power that is basically bring you back from the dead however savage worlds being this game it is it depends on what setting what setting you're playing on whether or not that's accessible so like if you're playing a more gritty modern day setting Mm -hmm. there's not going to be any coming back or there's going to be very bad Cthulhu summoning ramifications <laughs> of coming back. But, I mean, if you're playing the fa- a fantasy game in Savage Worlds, there is a resurrection spell. Um, I almost had to use that in our Savage Worlds one. None of you can cast I'm just saying, standard we, fantasy they, spells. No, none no, no, you... that's fine. I'm just saying, party-wise, mm. might have had to try to find somebody Yeah, you something. might eventually, yeah. Uh, oh, goody. I'm sure it'll happen. Great. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I don't doubt that, so... <laughs> And then, I mean, a lot of games are more are setting-based that don't have coming back from the dead. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're playing a game set in the Lord of the Rings world, you're not coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Star Wars, um, you're pretty much not going to come back from the dead. There's no way for your party to come back from... Your party to bring you back from right. the dead. Um, and no way for there you might to do be it yourself. a story <laughs> way to like come back later down the line. Like right. if you're playing, um, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Like oh, it's very comic booky. So like you could die in a tragic Mom. like explosion, 
but you know, four sessions later, actually come back, you survived or something. Right, I mean, yeah. you can dramatically fit that back in, um, but there's still no. Oh, let's take them to the cleric. You know, yeah, that's not yeah. going to happen. That's not a thing. D and D is really, it's the high fantasy. You can come back from the dead game. Mm -hmm. And I think a good segue from that, too, like, to talk about the DM and the player perspective. The importance of death. The importance of it. Like, those are just regular, you know, pretty much tabletop games. In D&D, I think the understanding needs to come between DMs and players that it's not a video game. You don't yes. just come back automatically. <laughs> like, Correct. That, that's not a thing that happens. And death should be taken at least a little bit seriously because it's important. It's important yes. for the storytelling. It's important for that character, it's for the players. It's important for a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we should take a break before we go too crazy into oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, so when we come back, we will be talking about um, death and resurrection in terms of DM and player and how important it should or should not be. <laughs> yes, and what it means to the story. What it can mean to the story. Yes, yeah, what it can mean to the story. So go grab a drink, and we will do the same, and we'll be back. your drinks because we certainly did <laughs> um, um, an hour later it's, i don't need to know it's seconds seconds <laughs> we got distracted <laughs> it's fine lots to talk all about. all D related <laughs> great things so uh we're now gonna talk about um the importance and the problems and or solutions for death and resurrection within a DD game from a DM's perspective, but also from a player's perspective, um, it's but more story. story exactly, yeah. Like what it also means. how it involves with the story, because it's all important, really, <laughs> and it's all necessary. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, and we will put uh, the links for some of the articles that we found specifically in terms of this. Uh, we'll put the links on the um, in the sh in the. Show? Not the show notes. We're yeah. holding the show notes. Yeah. Just, um... The description? The description, I guess. Yeah. So they will they will be there for you to access. Um, in the I... Patreon post. Yes, I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the blog post, and I'll put it on the SoundCloud description notes. Yes. I'll, I'll put it in all three places. So you'll see the links there. You can definitely refer back to them. Please do. There are some really good articles out there. Yeah. And if you find any, definitely let us know about them. Yeah, share them yeah. with people. Um, but just so that you kind of have an idea of where we got some of what we're going to talk about. Yep. And uh, definitely some, some good Expand advice. Expand upon yeah. what we're going <laughs> to talk about. Because we're going basic. Yeah. So... Uh, one of the articles that I found, and again, the link will be there, um, I found it on Earthlink, and I apologize, I don't have who it's credited to, but that'll, you'll, you can follow the link later. <laughs> it's an old... Yes. Uh, <laughs> probably blog. Yes. Um, 
But, um... If, if any of you even recognize Earthlink... Hey, what? As a... <laughs> totally a thing, guys. Totally you got this. 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna put a year on it, but thanks for that. It was the 90s. <laughs> you just... You just... It was the You're 90s. saying how old we are. <laughs> it was the, the 90s. 90s. <laughs> which lasted until 2004, so... <laughs> great. Super great. And we're already back in them. Whoop! <laughs> um... One of the things that this article mentions, uh, this article specifically is on death and resurrection in D&D. That is what it's titled. So I'm not making this shit up. Um, but it talks Someone about... Someone else made it up. Yeah. On Earth, like, <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> so, the late, late 90s. <laughs> post-2000. Post-2000. The post-2000 90s. <laughs> so this talks about the importance of making sure that the players appreciate your campaign and bringing the characters back to life, how important that can or cannot be. We mentioned to the campaign. We mentioned it earlier. Like D and D is not a video game. It's not just an automatic reset. You don't just get infinite lives. It's come up in our other podcasts and mm-hmm. will continue to come up. What it comes down to is being on the same page. Exactly. On both sides of the DM screen. And it gives a certain f- being on that same page gives a certain feel to your campaign that ultimately you want and and the players should want too it's yeah. great storytelling is it a gritty game is it not exactly. a gritty game should death be expected right when it happens that's another talk you got to have how easy is it going to be to come back how hard is it going right. to come back what what meaning does that have exactly um I won't mention names specifically, but there was definitely a campaign that I was in a while ago. This was one of the first D&D games that I'd ever played, and my DM, I my character way had died. Yeah, way back when. My character had, had died. Surprise, surprise. And No one's surprised. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I was brought back. Um, my god ultimately brought me back. We even did an aside with the um, god and uh, one of the other player characters who had done, performed the ritual. Mm-hmm. It was a good little aside, but it was done in a separate room, so kind of to be secretive and to kind of have that aspect if I wanted to bring which any of it up. Cool. Yeah, which is cool. To bring it up in any way to the rest of the party. Whispers. Whispers secrets. So, but when I came back in-game and with the other characters, it was kind of like, oh, nothing, nothing happened, you're back, hey, what's up, all right, we're going to do the thing, and yeah, we we gotta investigate this, and whatnot, and the DM also, even though we had that aside, which I thought was great, there was no seriousness to it, like, even the people in the town, the NPCs, it was like, there was not a care in the world, like, oh, we didn't just see you dead on a slab, like, (laughs) no big deal, being walked through town, like, it, it was nothing, and... That's important, too, for it the DM. It became meaningless. Exactly. It became meaningless and yeah. just pointless, really, because the Who DM... Who cares if you die? Yeah, the DM hadn't put anything into it. Like, it's one of those things where if if you come back, that's, first off, amazing to me. But secondly, like, the weight of that should be taken at least a little bit seriously. If you... If you in NPCs. If, if, like, in NPCs. Like farmer if, does not see people come back to life every Right. Day. <laughs> exactly. And as a DM, you if you, that's how you want... If you want death to be taken that seriously, because ultimately for myself as a DM and as a player, I think it should be taken that seriously, yeah. then you need to have 
the NPCs act that way so that the player characters can also pick that up and bring it in. Like, otherwise, it becomes meaningless and pointless. And I was like, oh, well, that was great. Like, we just moved on. <laughs> like, no well, big I thing. Mean, it doesn't have to do with death, but there's a reason NPCs started following our friend Akos. Yes. He wasn't just the embodiment of a lord of pastries long forgotten. <laughs> he inspired troops in yes. very important battles for the sake of the town. Like, mm -hmm. he was very important to people and also performed very odd frosting-related ritual <laughs> miracles. Don't worry, you guys will read about that in, in the coming chapters yes. of Cracks of the Rift. <laughs> and I've mentioned it before. But, I mean, he didn't gain worshippers just by creating frosting treats. He no. was a leader Mm -hmm. of people. Right. In weird, crazy, <laughs> far Amazing too conveniently ways. cinematic ways. <laughs> it's magical, really. It, it really was. Oh, I love him. <laughs> um, but yeah, death is so important. And it can really make a story. Absolutely. Um, my example has nothing to do with D&D. But it's a great it's example, not though. my characters. It has is to do the with the current, storytelling. Yeah, it's the current state of World of Warcraft. Right. And if any of you are familiar with it at all or have played it, you know probably know what I'm talking about. But for those who don't, um, we're in its... We're about to be in its 13th year existing. Right. And it's one of the most comprehensive fantasy worlds that are out there. As comprehensive as the Forgotten Realms yep. or um, Tolkien's Middle-Earth. It has depth, it has history, it has lore... Um, but through it, there have been major events and certain characters have died or fallen yep. or something else. Um, but recently, as in the last couple expansions, last, I'll say seven years, give or take, um, there hasn't been as much. And while... People have, like, left, like, Thrall left the Horde. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we needed a new war chief. And then we needed another one, because one went crazy in Mists of Pandaria. <laughs> yep. Garrosh went crazy, so we needed another one, and we got Vol'jin. In Warlords of Draenor, not this expansion that just came out, but the one before it, we got an alternate timeline story, which brought a lot of people that were history in the world back into the story, and then a lot of them died. And there weren't really any meaningful events. Right. I mean, there were some, <laughs> and there were side stories, but, like, there were no crazy, big, meaningful events. Spoiler alert for those who haven't played Legion and want to play Legion. It's happening right now. Spoilers. Sorry. People die. Straight up. In the preview event, before the expansion ever came out, they kill off Varian, leader of the humans, and Vol'jin, leader of the Horde and trolls. Just kill him. And they kill Tyrion Fordring, the leader of everyone who hates <laughs> the undead. And, right. Like, three super major characters just dead. Gone. And while in Cataclysm or Miss of Pandaria, somewhere in there, Garrosh kills 
Karen Bloodhoof, and that's a big thing. It happens between expansions. This happens cinematically in the build-up for the expansion. Characters just start dropping. Important characters that we've come to care about in the storyline. Like, I was never more excited when Vol'jin became Warchief. Mm-hmm. I thought the trolls were underplayed. <laughs> I thought Vol'jin was underplayed. And it meant a new era for the Horde. And now he's dead. <laughs> he's just fucking gone. <laughs> and we have Sylvanas, who's crazy. <laughs> and those of you who play WoW know what I'm talking about. Some of you are more excited than others, and I can't wait to find out what happened. But then Malvarian's dead. Mm-hmm. And he was just becoming interesting to me in his ability to stop seeing past it, start seeing past his prejudice and become more balanced just as Jaina was becoming unhinged and yep. incle- completely prejudiced. But now they're both dead. Mm-hmm. And we have to deal <laughs> with that. But it's not just death. Uh, the prophet Velen has gone off his rocker a little bit, seeing things he never thought he'd see and realizing prophecies he never understood are just complete collapse of faith for him. And in a way, that's that's a form of character death. And Blizzard is not being selfish <laughs> no. with these deaths. No, not at all. And as horrible as it is, and as angry as I am for them killing Bulgin, it it pulled me into Legion. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going to happen next, where the whole world is going to go without these major players. But that's what makes for great exactly. storytelling. <laughs> and that's my point. Character deaths can be really horrible, but, like, just propel a whole nother section of storytelling and epic for the game and the party as Mm -hmm. a whole. Just one character's death can do that without them ever coming back. And 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 then coming back has to be important because of that. And for anybody who's really ever, like, read a book or, or watched a movie, like... Characters die. Characters die. And that feeling you get when you get attached Obi-Wan to a character... Obi-Wan Kenobi at the real. end. <laughs> Not even the end. It's kind of the climax yeah. of A New Hope. Obi-Wan dies. Dies. Mm-hmm. But that, like, what? that feeling that you get, and, like, you're like, no, I don't want that to fucking happen. Are you and they repeat it in the prequel trilogy. Qui-Gon dies that... at the end. And you're like... No, I don't want him to die. <laughs> but also, but also now shit, crazy like, things are what? happening because of it. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes the story, not that this is going to necessarily happen in D&D, but sometimes the story needs to have that death because otherwise it can't move forward necessarily. And if you bring them back, you don't want that to cancel out the events that became important because of the death. If something important and big happened in response to the death, you don't want to make that meaningless by bringing them back. Right. You got to balance that out. For example, and again, spoilers, if you have not caught up on this, but Critical Role, there are... um, Vexalia. Vexalia. she, She dies at one point, but... She is very temporary death. A, very in terms temporary of the death. Game. But also, Matt the Mercer. Way Mercer plays it yeah. makes it important. It makes their ramifications for bringing her back and forces the players mm-hmm. to choose those ramifications. Exactly. When Vax promises 
to become the chosen of the Raven Queen. Right. But not just that. When he destroys Amon, he built the fucking right? city and he destroyed it. He destroyed, he destroyed his it. own multiple years worth of work. Right. And on top of that, but killed off a decent amount of those villagers, those characters. Important NPCs. Important NPCs, but... That without that, like the story wouldn't be as meaningful. What it, is. it wouldn't be what it is, exactly. I mean, there might be as meaningful story and different story, but it wouldn't be as important to there the was player so characters. So much that happened yeah. because of that. Yeah. It's a catalyst for what comes next. Uh, and for example, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be death. Gilmore. Exactly on the, the verge. Fear, the fear yeah. that Gilmore was dead, and he's just an item salesman. Yeah. When you get down to it, but mm -hmm. to the players, it's a very important, that is awesome friend, NPC yeah. that they love and their friend. And his potential of being dead drove multiple sessions. Oh God, yeah, multiple sessions. Mm -hmm. um, and when they found him again, spoilers. When they found him, just the fact that he was on the verge of dying. So important, like the players come are, together and rally, and these and, are 13, and, 14, 15 level characters yeah. that have access to death countering magic potentially, right? But still, Mercer has played it so that these are not throwaway events. No. Mm -mm. These are very pivotal events, pivotal moments, exactly. And and the gods are going to pay attention. Oh, yeah. And you disrupt the order of where souls go. And mm -hmm. that'll bring up my article, which I'll post, yeah. which has to do with the ramifications of a character dying. Right. Which is part. important. And it's he very goes important. over his world's... The, the transition of the soul and the potential places the soul mm -hmm. could go um, in his world based on various editions and universes of D&D &D, like Planescape and the fourth edition. The fourth edition plays a big role in his world. But, like, I mean, there's soul larvae, and there's the economy of souls in the nine hells, and there's the Raven Queen judging your soul. And, I mean, just look at, like, Egyptian mythology, where your heart has to be weighed next to a feather, but yep. that is the essence of your soul, soul. being judged mm -hmm. right there. And then if you had demons and devils which eat and barter in souls... Your soul might not be able to come back, and that in and of itself could propel things. I right. mean, there's a lot that you can do with a character death mm -hmm. if you don't just say, okay, you cast Resurrection and he's back. Right. <laughs> and because even at a point, 50,000 gold is meaningless. Yeah. And it's meant to make it hard, but even... I mean, to a point, it's much more meaningless than... A demon trapping a soul, soul. Mm -hmm. or your friend becoming a demon of some mm -hmm. kind, or a god saying, no, no, <laughs> it was his time, and yeah, not letting the soul mine go. Now, yeah. <laughs> you know? So. And the reason why I think that I feel it is so important is because it makes the world that you've created as a DM, or the world that you've real. helped create as, as players, it makes it more real. It makes it more important yes. to everybody involved and it's it instills a fear into exactly. the players that nothing and else can inst nothing else can instill that fear no especially once you get attached now on that mm -hmm. you do want to open the options 
for ways, methods, for whatever ramifications you want, but if a character, if a player really likes their character, and the party really likes the character, and right. they search for a way to bring them back, you don't want to block that no, just God, to make no. death important. Mm-mm. Right. You can make death important without telling your party to That's go the be-all and end-all, yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially if they're trying so hard to get it to work as a group, as a team. Exactly. That's, that's ultimately what you want You anyway. want to facilitate <laughs> Yeah. That. But you can still make it important. And mm-hmm. the article I looked at really helps you do with that. And, like, pretty much look at any fiendish codex from the editions, yeah. uh, the demon Those stuff, the god stuff, anything that has to do with the real... The pseudo-religious aspect of the fantasy world. Demons, devils, and gods for D&D. And that will help you come up with ideas on how to make all this stuff important without just murdering players. Yeah. Which you also don't... Yeah, you also don't want to do that either, which is why a good, something a we good, mentioned was balance. It's a yeah. good balance. You have to have that balance like between each other. like World of Warcraft, do it to important NPCs. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the ones they love, Vol'jin. <laughs> Mercer didn't kill Gilmore. Blizzard killed Vol'jin, the bastards. Um, but you, you kill off some NPCs that they're really familiar with mm-hmm. in some event. Mm-hmm. And that makes death important without directly threatening the players. Right. Like, that creates... An, you, like, someone else can die and you, can, you understand death. Exactly, yeah. And... Definitely, if if the players and the DM are on the same page about bringing someone back, maybe there are ramifications to that. And you as the DM have to decide that mostly. You have to, yeah. for your world, you have to decide how important it is or is not to your world. Mm-hmm. Again, from, from my own standpoint, I think it's fairly important as a DM, as a player. I've died too many times for it not to be. And I, I think By the it's... same token, if it's not going to be important, mm-hmm. like it wasn't for you, don't right, make for that it one game. important yeah. for that brief moment. Like Exactly. Have that understanding that for the party, death's not important. And utilize that. Don't make it really important. And then just forget about it. Right. It's, which so is, that's a letdown. That's a bit of a letdown. Right, which is something that the article that I looked at definitely brought up because it's, you know, it starts off, and I'm going to quote this, it says, every DM with a modest amount of experience knows the characters get raised too easily in D&D. Like, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that is the truth, but it goes Once on. Once you get to that yeah. position, like I said, 50,000 gold worth of diamonds at a certain point is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's no. just a cost. And if you have a good DM, it's actually harder to find a cleric that can do it than it is to find the money to pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the way I look at it, how many 8th, ninth level clerics are running around the world? Right. Exactly. I mean, if you go to a high bishop of this section of the kingdom who is that high level of a cleric, has he really spent 60 years of his life praying to his god for anything other than first-level spells, like purify water and bless? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. And I mean, just because he can doesn't mean he can. Yeah. It, I know it sounds like the same sentence, <laughs> but... However. <laughs> there's a very subtle distinction there. Like, technically speaking, someone who shoots a bow and can hit a bullseye should be able to learn how to use a gun and hit a bullseye. 
doesn't mean you can just hand them a gun and, and do have it. them yeah. hit a bullseye. You can't just be like, oh, by the way, this is just like using a bow, but not. Here's how you use it, hit the bullseye. It's not how it works. You can't just ask an eighth level, uh, a quote-unquote eighth level <laughs> cleric, hey, you're really cool with your god. You can cast Resurrect if you put your mind to it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. That's part of the realism, too. Like, just because he can doesn't mean can. Yeah, exactly. And it just all comes down to, as a DM, as a player, talk to each other. And don't... That's the other thing I that's don't like about it. Yeah, thing. don't... Aside from don't the Don't be afraid to talk about it. Story, yeah. Make sure you're all happy with whatever you choose Exactly, to exactly. You don't want to alienate the player who died. You don't want to alienate the players who didn't die. Right. Like, even if the player's okay with not coming back, if the rest of the party is angry about their efforts going to waste, that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't technically concern them directly right. mm-hmm. at all. But it is one of those things where you want to be on the same page. Yeah, exactly. You just, you need to be, because otherwise like, people are going to get frustrated and not want to play. this over and, <laughs> and over again from us, from other podcasts, from other oh, bloggers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Be on the same page when you play a game. And definitely... Any game. Yeah, and, and again, which I think I, I, you know, especially in my first campaign, in that first one that I played where it wasn't a big deal, I was afraid to bring it up. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Be like, hey, yeah. you know what? Like, why did we have... I should have been. Like, why did we have that aside? And then, like, it's not that big a deal to the townspeople, even, you and know? Bring it up at the table. Bring it up yeah. off the table. Yeah. With the other members. Of, uh, however you're comfortable doing it, but have the talk. Yeah. I mean... Everybody's there to not, have fun. We're not and if all, you're not having fun, that's yeah. not, no point. <laughs> we're not all adults playing it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Um, there are many young people playing this who are not adults. There's six, seven-year-olds probably playing D&D. Which is awesome. <laughs> but if you're playing with a bunch of people your age, you're all your age, you can talk to each other. And right. if you, legally speaking, over 18, or in my opinion, if you're over 14, you're an adult enough to have this conversation with other people your age. I mean... Yeah. And regardless of what age you are you are old enough to have this conversation with other people your age. No matter what age you are, <laughs> you are old enough to have this conversation with people of the same age. Right. And anyone older should be more understanding of whatever you're talking about. Especially since you're all friends and you're playing a game together anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out <laughs> Yeah. If you're not having fun, fun, again, it's not worth it. So... Not to drive that point home any further. <laughs> beat it over beat and it over. Beat it to death. <laughs> so, uh, did we mention how important it is? <laughs> if you weren't clear, being on the same page yes. with your table, hey. <laughs> acting like civilized people, I don't care if you're adults or not. Civilized. <laughs> you, know, you don't even have to be civilized. Right? Just have the talk I put it and come to an understanding. <laughs> right. I mean, people can get angry. People can get upset. It's worth it, though. Don't break end. up the yeah. group over it. Yeah, Don't no. break up the game over it. Just adapt. Yeah. Have your moments and adapt. <laughs> Adapting We're not good. psychologists. <laughs> also, feel free to throw <laughs> all of this out the window. <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps everything up for us as far as this yep. episode goes. I really hope that you guys enjoyed listening. Um, I am Erin. You can find me at Untamed Scribed on Untamed Scribe. 
Wow. On Twitter, those drinks were great. And you have coffee. Shh, they don't know. <laughs> I've got the jitters now. It's fine. It's totally fine. I've had three beers. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> um, yes, at Untamed Scribe on Twitter. And your email address is? I was about to say oh, it. Just... Is ross 88 E-R-I-N dot R-O-S-S 88 at gmail.com. That's where you can find me. If you enjoyed this conversation and you want to know more, if you've got any topics, please give me a shout. And as always, Crowley, your information. I'm John Crowley, the Wandering Alchemist, and you can find me at 42nd Alchemist on Twitter. Um, that's 42ND underscore Alchemist. Just search the Wandering Alchemist. It'll be much easier to find. Um, you can also go to thewanderingalchemist.com and there's links there and you can email me at jcrowley31042 at gmail.com and I am open to any comments, suggestions, or literally anything else. If you want to argue with what we have said, if you want to add to it, if you want to correct us on something we found in one of the older editions because you are a veteran of those editions, (laughs) awesome. Yes. We welcome it. Um, there's always room to learn. Yes. Also, um, definitely, even if you don't get in touch with us, definitely check out the blog. Uh, it's worth it. It's got a lot of good tips and details on it, and it also has the uh, latest and upcoming chapters, or will eventually, uh, the most recent chapters of uh, the story I'm writing based on our Pathfinder RPG called Cracks of the Rift. Definitely something I am in love with right now. <laughs> I love so writing it. I, <laughs> and, I ran the game. I love it. <laughs> and uh, I hope that you check that out as well. And as always, thank you to everyone yeah. who's listening. And um, if you are listening to this between the 1st and the 15th, thank you for being a patron. If yes. you are not, consider becoming a patron for pretty much any amount of money. We will be reworking that. But any amount of money is going to get you the stuff early Yeah. Uh, once we rework the Patreon. Um, and if you're not, thank you for listening regardless. And for everyone, there are a lot of changes happening to the blog and Patreon. Um, yes. If you're listening Things to, to come. this outside of Patreon, you've already seen the slow beginnings of it. Um, and if you're part of Patreon, expect it soon. And thank you for just listening. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.